1: Welcome to Dear Hank and John, or as I like to think of it, Dear John and Hank. It's a comedy podcast where two brothers, me, Hank Green, and me, John Green, bring you all the week's news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon. We answer your questions and give you dubious advice. What's going on right now? Don't worry about it. I'll explain it in just a second. John, I was at a w- restaurant recently and the waiter said, Hey, you want to hear today's special? And I said, Yes. And the waiter said, Today is special. And today is special in that John's not here. I'm all by myself. I don't even have a special guest, but we're doing a special thing for our 199th episode and also because we lost our wills to live after VidCon. So we have edited together an episode that is all of the best things that have happened in the last year or so. I hope that you enjoy. What are we going to do for our 200th episode next week? I don't know. I don't have any plans. Probably nothing in particular. But but hey, if you've got ideas for us, you could tweet them to me, but not to John, because he's not on the social internet. Are we going to pretend to be alligators? That sounds like it could be fun. What noises do alligators make? What kind of advice do they give? I remember I was in Florida. I grew up there, and I have heard alligators. The only noise I remember them making is sort of a hissing noise, like, and I, what I can tell you about that is if you can hear an alligator, you're too close.
0: Thank you for liking the things that we do, enjoy. Dear John and Hank, my long-term girlfriend recently broke up with me, and after having something of a nervous breakdown, I found myself flying from my small liberal arts college in Ohio to Seattle, Washington, for the weekend. This would not be so weird, except that I have never been to Seattle, have no friends or family in Seattle, and was not aware of having had any particularly strong inclination to visit (laughs) Seattle before the breakup. Mm -hmm. Now i found myself living in a hostel with two very friendly Australian snowboarders and a dog named Snappy, but I still don't know why I'm here. Any (laughs) insight would be helpful.
1: It's not going to hurt to try and be like, okay, let's let's just let's go get a let's go get a fresh. Let's go hang out with a dog named Scrappy or Chappy or Fla- Flappy, whatever it was.
0: Uh, uh, <laughs> those are all great dog names. <laughs> I think we might have just discovered Hank's secret superpower. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Give me give me 20 good dog names right now. Go. Notebook. G-
1: Jennifer, Pants, Yes. Alvin. Yes tambourine love it
0: (laughs) candle manhole nope you there we got there nope okay so it turns out it was looking really good for a minute but it turns out hank does not have a secret superpower that allows him to name dogs
1: somebody sent me a picture of your dog manhole (laughs) <laughs> you gotta have Literally, to name any animal in your house. If you get a new pet and you name it by Manhole, I'll send no, you a free no. poster.
0: That is, that is by far the worst dog name. <laughs> and like everything before that, Alvin is a great dog name, Pants is a great dog name. <laughs> you were you were on such a roll even candle is a great dog name because it doesn't make any sense I love it but then I mean you just went in the worst possible direction <laughs>
1: it's, it's oh bad. man it's bad I, that, that, made me, that made me very nervous John I started to get like sweaty I got the meat sweat so I was like oh gosh I'm being put on the spot I don't know why what a dumb thing to get nervous about oh man <laughs> Dear Hank and John, in the internship I have at my college this summer, one of the major things I'm doing is calling prospective students to gauge their interest in school. Sometimes, though, I have to call someone who has my same first name. It just feels very weird to leave a voicemail saying, hi, Lauren, this is Lauren. What should I do?
0: You just got to make a joke out of it, yeah? No, you change your name, not permanently, just for the sake of the call. So, yeah, you see the person doesn't care, frankly, if your name is Lauren. So, and this, to me, it gives you a great opportunity. Now, you can only do this when you're calling Lauren's. You can't do it every time because it'll be seductive and super fun, and you'll want to do it every time, and you can't. But every time you're calling a Lauren, they answer, they say hello, and you say, Hi, this is Bette Midler from Florida State University. And they say, (laughs) What? And you say, "This is Bette Midler. I'm a student at Florida State University. I'm calling because I know you've been admitted to the school, and I was just wondering how you feel about it."
1: <laughs> I love that you chose Bette Midler.
0: Well, I just oh, think it's goodness. the perfect because that, that's that's a name that prospective college students will really resonate with, you know, because they remember "Wind Beneath My Wings." Um, I they saw yes. beaches. Bette
1: Bet Midler is good. I think I think in general, like. He, he, Something a little bit obscure is excellent. You could also be like, Hi, Lauren. This is Manhole. I'm calling from Florida State <laughs> University, and I'm just wanted to let you know that we're really interested in in giving you as much information as you want on on the great programs we have at FSU.
0: This, okay, this is you're you're on to something here, Hank, which is that it what happens when because nobody's listening to the beginning of the call anyway, what happens when you try an increasingly obscure and and absurdist series of things, right? Like what happens if you're like Hi Lauren. Uh, this is a gang of turkeys calling from Florida State University. There's 17 of us. Um, we were just wondering how you feel about Florida State's excellent classical music program. We have Four, uh, four classical music majors here among our gang of 17 turkeys who are making this phone call. Be happy to connect you with one of them directly. I'm an anthrop- anthropology major.
1: Hi, hi, Lauren. This is one scissor. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, is that possible? Yes, because uh, scissors are a pair of scissors. I'm just one of them. My, pair, my, my other pair is, my other friend is calling, uh, calling a different Lauren right now. I'm basically a knife.
0: Anyway, how how do you feel about FSU?
1: Anyway, FSU's really great. I've had a really, really positive
0: experience here. Hey, Lauren, have you ever been driving alone at night and you're filled with a sort of vague melancholy, but not an unpleasant one? That's me here to call you about (laughs) FSU. What do you think? (laughs) Would you like to go to college here? (laughs) <laughs> don't feel pressure. I know there's a lot of great schools.
1: <laughs> uh, John, I just made a huge mistake and looked up saltine salad. Uh, and mm-hmm. there is in fact a thing called a saltine salad. It's like a potato salad except it's saltines instead of potatoes. It's just saltines crunched up mixed with like mayonnaise and stuff. And I oh. don't know how I feel about America anymore. Oh.
0: <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. It's like egg salad, but without protein. Yeah,
1: they just put saltines in it.
0: Oh, okay. I've seen. I've now seen something that's even more disturbing. Oh, gosh. There's this thing in the Midwest, and I, I cannot explain it or justify it, so I'm just going to say it, which is that in the Midwest, sometimes at like barbecues, people will serve what is essentially a ball of ground beef that has not been cooked cooked, but it's been, like, spiced oh. in some way. Okay, I don't like it so far. I'm... But it's raw, and yep. it's just sitting there with flies on it, and people eat this. Oh, wow. And I've just seen a version of a saltine salad that's like that, plus a bunch of saltines. Oh, it's just raw ground beef and saltines? Yeah, if you scroll down far enough, you'll see it. It's uh, it's noticeable. Uh, I think... That we need to burn it all down. Yeah, unfortunately, we're going to need to cancel saltines. Or just, like, the earth. Imagine, Hank, if you felt like you had the power to cancel saltines. Like, um, certain people in the United States right now clearly (laughs) feel like they have the power to cancel certain industries at their whim. Imagine if you could, like, tweet, like, saltines... Colon, bad for America. Don't love America. Saltine CEO, Blasgerberm Farmdork, is a bad person. And as such, saltines will no longer be part of the American diet. No, I, now I know what you're saying, Hank. You're saying that's way more than 280 characters. No, don't worry. I posted it as multiple tweets, but I didn't thread them.
1: <laughs> yeah, and also it's just like right in the middle of a word. <laughs> 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 it's because. Dear Hank and John, can I take apples off the ground? There's a house across the street from me that has an apple tree, and there are so many apples that just fall off and sit there. Are they mine now? I think that the tree grows more apples than a person could possibly eat, but I don't know how many people live at that house. Maybe there's like an army in there, packed in like a clown car. <laughs> apples and aardvarks can. <laughs>
0: I mean, isn't it possible that this person just runs an extremely small apple farm and that Ken is essentially (laughs) trying to steal their livelihood from them? They're on the ground. Once they're on the ground, they're questionable as to whether Ken should eat them for health reasons. Oh, I'm not worried about that at all. But. I don't know I was th- I was thinking about this question because I was thinking now if somebody were in my garden and a tomato were on the ground mm. and they picked that tomato I would be mad because I not because they picked the tomato but because why are you in my garden Ken <laughs> Yeah but if it falls on the other side of the fence that's fair
1: game the, there is a lot of fruit yeah. around in my town right now and frankly it the 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 town doesn't even let you plant fruit trees in the boulevards anymore because like no one picks the fruit and it just sits there and gets stinky and then the squirrels eat it and they get drunk and then they are crazy squirrels and wait what? Well the fruit ferments on the ground and the squirrels eat it and they get drunk. Shut
0: up. Squirrels do not get drunk off of ground fruit. They do and it happens to bats too. Bat can, no. The bats
1: can get drunk. No. Yep. No. Definitely a thing.
0: Drunk fruit Squirrels. It happened on Naked and I,
1: Afraid too, where this guy was really hungry and he needed to drunk? eat food, and so he ate some rotten food and he got he got really drunk. Or a li- like he what? had a, he hadn't eaten in like two days, so he didn't get that drunk. He didn't, but he didn't need a lot of alcohol and that fruit to make him get a little tipsy. And to be clear, I only know this because I was told this by Hannah Hart. I do not watch Naked and Afraid.
0: Yeah, that seems like something that somebody who watches Naked and Afraid would say. <laughs> Jacob writes, Dear John and Hank, my girlfriend and I recently found out that her mother plans to give us a live duck as a present when we get engaged. (laughs) Why'd you put it on the registry? (laughs) That's on you, Jacob. (laughs) If you don't want a duck, don't register at ducks.com for 400 ducks. Both my (laughs) girlfriend and I agree that we're not ready for a duck. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> likely won't be by the time we get engaged. I mean of course. <laughs> I mean maybe <laughs> who <laughs> says? Wait, I mean I, I like that Jacob is is open to the idea that they will be ready ducks. for a duck someday. Yeah. But they're Mm -hmm. just not there yet. How do we tell my girlfriend's mother that we don't want a duck without hurting her feelings or revealing the sources of our information? Oh, (laughs) yeah.
1: You can't reveal your sources. That's (laughs) that's like textbook ethics.
0: Can you imagine like Jacob's girlfriend's dad calling Jacob's girlfriend (laughs) and being like, so listen, (laughs) (laughs) you know, your mother, she's so wonderful. Um, We all love her very much. You know how she loves her her ducks.
1: (laughs) I believe it. What I don't believe it. It's not
0: possible. I, I <laughs> this, Sometimes we get questions that are obvious you, goofs, and this has to be a goof. There's where, no where way. Where do you live?
1: Like, do you yeah, live in a place
0: I, where you can have a duck? Where do you keep a duck? You don't keep it inside. It poops. Do you? I mean, maybe you do keep a duck. Maybe, maybe people have, like, de- fully domesticated ducks that, like, pee in the potty and everything. You just got to take it for walks, I guess. Oh, God, that would be so cute, actually, taking your duck for a walk.
1: All right, now I'm on board. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe here's the solution. You are ready for a duck. No. You think you're not ready
0: for not a duck. You're ready solution. for a duck. Just believe in your relationship. Believe in yourself. You're getting engaged. No, that uh, getting engaged does not mean also acquiring a third member of the family. Hey, what if? Instead of engagement rings,
1: we had ducks. Wouldn't the world be a better place? It's actually true. Wouldn't it be amazing? You go to like a football game and like the Jumbotron, and then the guy gets done on one knee and just like thrusts a duck at a woman.
0: Will you marry me? And this duck's like squawking and flapping.
1: <laughs> and then the duck like flies around, and the whole stadium's chasing the duck, and they're like, we gotta get the duck.
0: And you'd go to the mall, and there would be these kiosks where you can <laughs> buy a duck, but you have to spend like two or three months of your salary on a yeah. really, really good duck so your partner will know that you're serious (laughs) oh you don't want to get your partner (laughs) this duck it's like tulip mania but ducks yeah i mean your your partner is going to live with this duck for the next like 12 years this duck is going to remind your partner of you forever do you really want to get a substandard duck or do you want the highest quality duck available yeah you got to wear this duck on your hand for (laughs) years (laughs) Jacob, you you have to stop this now. This this is an emergency. I don't, I don't want to overstate it. But uh, if this is not a goof, it is a very serious problem. And the way that you address it is the next time you are with your girlfriend's mother, you and your girlfriend say to slash in front of the mother, I love your ducks. I'm so glad you have ducks. I'm glad that these ducks bring you joy. But we are young people who are not looking to bring a duck into our lives at this juncture. We want to be able to travel mm-hmm. duck free. Right. We want to be able to yeah. eat duck without feeling weird about it. We want to be able. <laughs> this is the life we want for ourselves right, right now. And we need you to respect that.
1: Yeah, you got Maybe you could just say like, oh, we're really looking forward to after we get engaged to doing a bunch of traveling. It's one of the only times in our lives when we're not going to have a dog or a cat or a duck or a kid. And he's like, put the duck in there, slip like it in,
0: <laughs> just sneak it in, put it third in a list of four,
1: and we can just travel completely without any responsibility, yeah, and not have to worry about like house sitters and like having a duck, duck sitters, etc., sitter, etc. Cetera.
0: Et cetera. And you know what the mom is probably going to say? What she's probably going to say? Ah, oh, don't worry. You can travel with a duck.
1: Oh, yeah. They love travel. Yeah. They love it. They choose Put them it. in the camper van.
0: You haven't seen Yosemite till you've seen Yosemite with a duck. <laughs> <laughs> you think you've been to Paris, but wait till you go to Paris with a duck. I'm just going to read you the headline from the Associated Press. Kentucky town mourns its first female mayor, Lucy Lou, a dog. Uh, that story is sad but also not dateline rabbit hash kentucky you heard that correctly rabbit hash kentucky the town of rabbit hash kentucky is known for a string of highly esteemed mayors one of whom died this week she was 12 and a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if it wasn't a dog,
1: that would be a very different story. She,
0: she was 12 and a dog.
1: Um, she was 12 and a dog. I mean, good on Rabbit Hash, though maybe yep. your first female mayor should have been a human being. Uh, well,
0: maybe, but to be fair, uh, Lucy Lou was Rabbit Hash's third Dog mayor. So they've had good luck with dog mares <laughs> in the past, true. I guess. And uh, uh, by all accounts, Lucy Liu was a wonderful mayor, and uh, she will be sorely missed, not just by her family, but also by the larger community of Rabbit Hash. Um, but don't worry, I'm sure that they will elect a new dog mayor soon. In,
1: in small communities, people are busy. And, uh, and the people who will take the, the yoke of pub- public servanthood aren't always the ones that you want to actually do that job.
0: I would argue that's also the case for larger <laughs>
1: communities. <laughs> Just led by dogs. Not only should dogs vote,
0: dogs should also vote for dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so when we first started using forks in around like 1500, they only had two tines. Oh, that's because like, it yeah, was work. Like, like a turkey fork when you're carving a yeah. turkey. Yeah, because every new tine that you would create was extra work. So you wanted to use the minimum right. number of sure, tines. Sure, sure, that makes sense. The problem was that people would stab themselves. Like they would- Right, sta- it sounds extremely dangerous. Right. As soon as you said that, I was like, ow, I don't want to put that in my mouth. They would stab the roof of their mouths. They would, you know, get it stuck between it, there's all kinds of problems and so they were like maybe we should have a third time and they did and then they were like you know what might be better a fourth time and it was and then they were like you know what might be better a fit and then everyone was like no that's worse it was it's the exact same <laughs> thing as with razors like remember how yeah. razors for all of human history had two blades and then yeah. the mach 3 came out and everyone was like oh <gasps> Oh my God, three blades yeah. on one razor. This is revolution. I, I don't know if lots of people weren't alive for this, but like it was yep. as close to a consumer product revolution as I have witnessed in my lifetime, except maybe people the were, adoption of the personal they were, computer.
1: They were so excited. People were so like, it was like, it was such an event And it's so very strange to think back now at what an event it It was when they added a third blade to the Mach 3. I
0: remember reading about it in Time magazine and like not in an (laughs) advertisement, but like in an article. Yeah. Yeah. Man, we cared about things that are different back then. So anyway, then everybody had three blades and one day somebody was like, now we're going to release a razor with four blades and it didn't make quite as big of a splash. And then somebody was like, now we're going to release a razor with five blades. And everyone was like, actually, this is worse. Like, (laughs) (laughs) let's go back to the Mach 3. Like, that was a good number of blades. And that's exactly what happened with forks. Oh, I
1: wonder if it's if it's the if like it's the use of the fork where having five tines is like eh, that doesn't work as well. Or if having five tines is like I just that looks like too many. It looks like a hand. Right, exactly. I don't like <laughs> it. It looks like a human hand. I'm not trying to it's em- creeping me out. I'm not trying
0: to employ a tiny child to feed me. I just want to use a fork.
1: Yeah. This is like a
0: weird robot child's arm that I've taken. I want you to- G- Google Google fork with five times and tell me you've ever seen anything uglier. Like I am <laughs> disgusted uh, It's super disturbed. creepy. Why I, is that so creepy? I, I, I'm nauseated. Why don't I Just, like that? <laughs> makes I feel me like very I'm unhappy. Barf. Oh God, it's I'm, terrible. It
1: Reminds me of Bart Simpson's head. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that one either. That's so strange. Why wouldn't I like that?
0: (laughs) Oh, well, there you go. There's your answer. They're disgusting. (laughs) Five-time forks are horrifying. (laughs) They are. They look very, oh my gosh. Woof. I don't know why I don't like it. I don't though. Dear John and Hank, I just started my new graphic design job last month. And as part of the graphics team, it's my job to create the retirement PowerPoint for a long time employee. I don't know anything about this guy or how to make a personable retirement PowerPoint, especially since this is my first job. I barely know how to start, much less retire. (laughs) Dubious (laughs) advice requested at your earliest convenience. First off, how unpopular must this longtime employee be oh. that everyone was like, "Oh God, who's gonna make the PowerPoint for Rick?" Oh, I know <laughs> we can make Molly do it. She's brand new. <laughs> Instead of being like, "Oh, I'd love to do it." Rick's an old friend of mine. It's like the ultimate insult. Yeah, that like, I mean, it's like, hey, you, you oh, Molly, God. you
1: gotta, you gotta ask around. I guess you gotta get people to send you some pictures of Rick. Maybe find Rick's Facebook or at least his LinkedIn and be like, okay, how long's Rick been with the company? What are his job titles I don't you gotta like what are you supposed to do? You can't give this job to a person. It's like it's like it's, a it's like calling thing somebody I up mean, and being it's, like it's, it's my wife's uh and you know, I's anniversary. Uh could you make us like a really heartfelt uh video? That'd be great. I'll uh send you fifty yeah.
0: bucks. Can you please put a PowerPoint together? Um I Here's what I would do in this situation, because Molly, I don't think this is a great work environment. I'm going to be honest with you. I think you need to move on from this job. And I think the best way to say goodbye to this job is via a really hilarious retirement PowerPoint for Rick. So I think the background music has to be Wind Beneath My Wings. Uh-huh. Um, Did you ever know that you're my hero? And I think it all just has to be fading in and out of the same picture of Rick. That's just his work ID picture. Just fade in. And it's Rick's ID picture. And then you do that slow fade out. And then it's like, what's the next slide going to be? <laughs> oh, Rick's... oh no. It's Rick's ID picture again. And it's the whole, wow. did you ever know that you're my hero? And then the last, um, uh, no. can, can the I, last can frame. Can I get the last frame? Because I got a great idea for the last frame. Yes. The last yes, frame. You do the last frame. It fades out and it's
1: a bald eagle with the, with the picture <laughs> of Rick's ID superimposed over the head. Just Rick's ID picture. That's it.
0: And then it's just like... Oh, and maybe underneath that that in script it says, like, Rick, 1964 (laughs) to
1: 2018. It's like
0: he died. Yeah, like he died. Exactly like he died. Like he died (laughs) and he left behind this photo, um, this (laughs) work ID with a bald eagle. It's beautiful, Molly. And you will never have to make another retirement PowerPoint as long as you are a person working at this company. Dear John and Hank, my friends, Snapchat and Drive, they snap themselves talking into the camera, singing to the radio, or they just snap a video of the dashboard because they like the song on the radio. Obviously, this is dangerous, but I haven't managed to convince anyone that they're doing anything wrong. Driving feels safe, even though it is the most dangerous thing people do every day. How do I get through to my friends before they kill us all? Wonderwall and Rex, Carly. If there's some kind
1: of uh, like basically meme that you can create among your friends that like you are the person who cares about this and you're gonna give them a hard time about it every single time, and that's because you love them. If there's like you're just gonna you, you basically you you draw like a a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah. And he's called he's called Snappy the Don't Snap While You're Driving T Rex. Yep and you and you take a picture and send that to them every time and you say I'm not every time you get a snappy I'm not talking to you for a day there is no more snapchatting and oh, i'm assuming so- by the fact that you're using snapchat that you are under the age of 25 and so everyone you're snapchatting with is fairly new to the whole driving thing And that is when a lot of accidents happen when people are fairly new to the driving thing You start to think that you're pretty good at it But it turns out that you haven't experienced a lot of the things that you might experience the sort of out outside edge cases of, of traffic unfortunateness and uh, and then people end up hurt and it's very bad and And like a legitimate cause of tremendous amount of tragedy and pain in the world. And so I think that like if you can put together a good old Snappy the T-Rex, don't snap while you're driving T-Rex picture, please do that. Do I have the power to do that at least, John?
0: Probably, although I think that your understanding of both teen culture and (laughs) meme culture are pretty weak. But I like the idea of Snappy the T-Rex. It doesn't seem at all like a cringy thing invented by a (laughs) 38-year-old to keep the young people from distracted driving. It doesn't seem like that at all. It seems like people are totally gonna respond to that. They're gonna be like, oh, wow, I got a Snappy the T-Rex. I'm in big trouble.
1: John, this is how it happens. This is how terrible ideas occur. But I swear if an actual if an actual teen does this and it's their <laughs> idea not mine, it will be super cool,
0: right? Yes, it will be super cool. Carly, I actually think that's a pretty good idea, which speaks to the fact that I'm even older than Hank. <laughs> Um, you know, I've noticed that uh there's this whole thing on Twitter where people are taking that great William Carlos Williams poem uh, about the plums and turning it into uh lyrics from the uh popular music song All-Star. Are you familiar with this meme? No. Do you know do you know the poem in question?
1: No, but I do know All-Star.
0: Okay, great. So, there's a William Carlos Williams poem. I don't know exactly how it goes, but I'm going to give you my version of it. Um This is my attempt to recite a William Carlos Williams poem. I've had a couple drinks, but fewer than Hank. I have taken the plums that were in the icebox and which you were probably saving for breakfast. Forgive me. They were delicious, so sweet and so cold. And here's the uh, version that's been making the rounds on the um, on the uh, on on the social media, Hank. Okay.
1: Hey, now you're an icebox. Get your plums on, so sweet. That's not the best version. <laughs> hey, that's not the best version at all. Now I'm falling asleep, and she's eating my plums, and he's opened the icebox, and she's taking a plum. Now I'm looking for plums, and my stomach feels sick. Now it's all in my head, so sweet and so cold. Now I don't really know how that song goes. That's a that... Well. Say
0: that, that- <laughs> delete that
1: <laughs> a little bit of cold plums in my life there you go a little bit of icebox by my side a little bit of breakfast what you need a little bit of forgiveness is what i seek a little bit of delicious those those plums a little bit of sleep plums all night long all right here we go here we okay, go here what we do you go, got here, here, that here, one's here, got here. fifteen thousand likes
0: uh Well, the plums start coming, and they won't stop coming. Got to hit the ice box for some more cold plumbing. And didn't make <laughs> sense to eat didn't make sense to eat lukewarm plums. You got the ice box, so go chill them, son. I don't think this person's ever actually heard All Star, but that was close. <laughs> That was close. That was like, it was like an algorithm wrote a version of All-Star. I, I writing had heard, a version of that William Carlos Williams. I color. saw
1: like, like happening on Twitter, there were cold plums yeah. and people were talking about it. That's yeah. as far as I got into the meme until now. And I feel like I'm explaining something that everybody already knows
0: about. But the great thing is that because we're recording this in the relatively distant past, Everyone will have forgotten about this meme by the time the video... (laughs) Yeah, they'll be like, oh,
1: I remember the good old days. Oh, I mean... Back when all those terrible things that have happened since then (laughs) hadn't happened, and we joked about plums. Ah,
0: at least it wasn't nuclear winter. Upon my attempt to acquire a learner's permit, I found out that there was a clerical error on my birth certificate, making my legal name Emma... That is Emma spelled with three M's, (laughs) E-M-M-M-A. To be clear, this spelling was not intended by my parents. However, they seem to find my mutant beast of a name absolutely hilarious (laughs) and take every opportunity to remind me of it. Obviously, I am distraught. The problem with my name is causing an inordinate amount of anxiety for me. I mean, is it better now that we're laughing at you, Emma? And perhaps it's something philosophical about the teenage struggle for identity. No, I don't think it's that. think it's maybe that your name is spelled e-m-m-m-a oh how is
1: this how is it pronounced though john how is emma with three m's pronounced <laughs> like is I it think, just do make it
0: worse or is it like don't make it worse don't make it worse <laughs> I'm having a hard time figuring out if my fears are legitimate. Thus, I've turned to the pod. Oh, great idea. So am I being too uptight? Should I pretend this clerical error never happened? Or should I own the new spelling? <laughs>
1: I mean, well, no. I'm worried that it's going to end up on your driver's <laughs> license, too. Like, is... No, you
0: should not own the new spelling. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, I don't know. It's yeah, just like, hey, why is your name Ammo with three Ms? Oh, because like 16 years ago, somebody misread a form. Okay, but John, I was, i just want to point out that that uh, Emma
1: signs off. Um, the quality of mercy is not strained, Emma, or possibly Emma, but Rosiana has has put the person's name at the top of uh, of the question as she does. Yeah, and has spelled yeah. it with
0: three Ms. Uh, I mean, I, I believe it's pronounced Emma. Emma, right? Emma, Emma. I think it's no. I think it's just Emma. Oh, that's what it is. You're absolutely right. You just have to, you have to settle more into the so it's like, yeah, that's not bad. By the way, that quote is from uh, Shakespeare and it's a very good sign off. (laughs) It's really lovely. And so if nothing else, you've got a great sign off going for you, which is a wonderful start. But anyway, all of that reminds me, Hank, that today's podcast is brought to you by our number one most important sponsor, Snappy the T-Rex. Snappy the T-Rex, reminding you not to snap while driving. (laughs) Is snap the right verb for Snapchatting? I don't even know.
1: Which reminds me, John, that this podcast is brought to you by Naked and Afraid. Naked and Afraid this week on (laughs) Discovery. Um, Man and a woman are uncomfortable in in the woods. They get bit by bugs a bunch. Don't
0: you want to watch those bug bites? Today's podcast is brought to you by manholes. Manholes <laughs> s- saving the world from sewage one large steel cylinder at a time. <laughs> it's more of a disc, but okay. Uh, Good point. It's definitely not a cylinder. <laughs> well, I mean, I actually. guess it's just an extremely narrow... very thin narrow, cylinder, yeah. It's a very thin <laughs> cylinder. I'm standing by my original... You know what... <laughs> Forget it. James Monroe did write the Federalist <laughs> Papers and I'm not backing down. If I've learned anything from this president, it's to stick with your guns.
1: And you don't need to use mortar to build a brick house. It's a conspiracy. This house, this this podcast is also brought to you by very thin cylinders. <laughs> like coins and, and symbols. Uh, God, what else? And finally, this podcast, is brought to you by ferret oatmeal bath that's a question we haven't answered yet
0: dear john and hank i have a roommate who i absolutely adore we share a bathroom and she's a moderately clean person i don't have any complaints aside from the fact that she has two ferrets and she bathes them in our bathtub (laughs) this wouldn't be a problem but ferrets have to have oatmeal baths and she doesn't always do they
1: have to have oatmeal baths (laughs)
0: like do they have oatmeal baths in the wild yeah is that
1: like on the instruction manual
0: Can you imagine, like, the ferret (laughs) spa that they go to like in the wild where they're like, oh, yeah. God, this oatmeal bath. It's so nice. I'm sure there's a reason why ferrets need oatmeal baths. Anyway, she doesn't always clean the tub out after their baths. It <laughs> needs oatmeal dust in the bottom of the tub. And if I don't mm. check before I shower, it makes the bottom of the tub slimy and I end up smelling like a retirement home. I'm a non-confrontational <laughs> person. So how do I broach this? Well, this is a great time to take a person you adore and have a good relationship with and experiment with a little bit of confidence. Conflict. Just a tiny bit where you say, "Hey, Rumi, couple things. First off, <laughs> do ferrets have to take oatmeal baths?" No, 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 no. First off, I love your ferrets, and I love them, and I love them, and I love mm, them. And I want I you to take. I don't think I could go that far. I want... First off, and I, I want you to no, take no. great care of them. First off, I tolerate your ferrets, <laughs> and I know that you love them. There's no reason <laughs> to be dishonest. I know that you love your ferrets. I want them to be healthy. I want you to take great care of them. But when I shower after the ferrets have bathed in our only tub, <laughs> I often feel really gross for a variety of reasons that I would imagine you can it's imagine. It's dangerous.
1: It's dangerous. You got it. Like a slippery
0: tub is a da- People die. Absolutely, it's dangerous, Hank. That's why I believe that if you've got a tub. You should take a bath, but not Vicky <laughs> <laughs> but but only, but there's one exception to that, that <laughs> statement. There's not a lot of bathtubs that I wouldn't take a bath in. But I have to say that if I was living in Vicky's house, I would probably be a shower person. Dear John and Hank, I recently had to have a rib removed. Oh, my surgeon let me keep my rib. <laughs> How do I appropriately artfully display my rib? oh God people have suggested scrimshaw or that I carve a picture onto my rib I think I should just frame it and call it spare rib what are your suggestions? I don't think that you are gonna develop
1: the the techniques necessary to scrimshaw your own rib I just don't think that I don't like for this one task unless you like want this to be something that you do more of you scrimshaw other people's ribs, I think probably you're gonna want to give your rib to a professional scrimshaw artist. I
0: I totally, I totally agree with you. You you go to the person who already has developed a talent for scrimshawing human ribs.
1: (laughs) No, no, don't just not human ribs. Just any scrimshaw
0: at all. Don't invent the wheel on this one, Rachel. (laughs) God. Um, have you talked to your surgeon about the possibility that they might be an expert in (laughs) scrimshawing ribs? (laughs) They have good, fine motor skills, presumably. (laughs) Dear John and Hank, I'm at a training at work and I'm hiding in the bathroom because I just vomited in the meeting room. What do I do? Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Em, I've, I once was, uh, working at a nonprofit and I was just licking envelopes and Mm -hmm. stuff and stuff and stuff uh, on the floor, literally on the floor. Yeah. And I started to bleed out my face as Mm. you sometimes do when Mm -hmm. you move from Florida to Montana. Yeah. And I bled on the envelopes that I was supposed to be stuffing. I was very new to this place. I didn't know where the bathroom was. So I literally ran out of the building and I assumed that someone would have noticed the bloody envelopes by the time I got back. And then I got back to the nonprofit. And indeed, my bloody envelopes had been discovered, and I said, "I had a nosebleed," and they were like, "Oh!" And then we reprinted the envelopes, and I kept stuffing them.
0: Yeah, I'm going to argue that that's not a perfect analog to barfing <laughs> in the middle of a meeting.
1: <laughs> oh, was the was there currently? Were there people in the meeting?
0: Oh, I maybe thought she was by not. herself in the meeting room. Oh, oh, in that case, M, you just go into someone else's office and you say, somebody puked in the meeting room. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. So about three months ago, one of my good friends turned 40. I'm excited about it. And we went to, we had a party in like a hotel suite in Indianapolis and it was a great time. And there was a lot of drinking and food and games and fun. And we- There was a tiger and Mike Tyson was there. And then everybody- Yeah, you've seen the movie. and. That's how that's how Indianapolis parties unfold um, um, with 40 year olds. Yeah. And then at about like 1230 in the morning, um, somebody was like, oh, man, I'm really hungry. I wish I had some like Doritos. And I was like, oh, you guys want snacks? And I should add that I was kind of half-conscious at this moment. Like my eyes were closed, and they thought I was asleep. But I heard somebody say Doritos, and I just like was like, "Hello, how's it going, guys?" <laughs> and uh, and I was like, "You guys want some snacks?" And they're like, "Yeah, we really want some snacks." And I was like, "I'll go get some snacks." And they're like, "What? You're you're asleep?" And I'm like, "No, it's good. I got it." So. I go down to the hotel lobby, and I don't want to brag, uh, but I am really good at, like, late-night snack acquisition. You know how, like, some people under-order on the snacks? That's never been a problem for me. So I go downstairs, and, you know, it's a situation where there's, like, this, like, hotel pantry where you can get whatever you want. And I get a lot of, a lot of snacks. I probably get 30, 35 total snacks. But I don't have any bags, so I just uh, just kind of roll it up into my shirt as best I can, and kind of hold the rest of it, you know. Yeah, like like a baby, basically, but like a baby that's got 35 discrete parts, any of which could fall off at any moment. And I get in the elevator. Now the elevator is full of eight people who do not know each other, but are all very drunk and have been riding up and down on the elevator for, for long enough that they've become friends, and they can't figure out how to get to the floor that they all want to get to. <laughs> this is the environment into which I walk with th- this 35 different snacks. So I walk in there, and one of the guys says, you got a lot of snacks, man. And then one of the other people says, he's a snack man. <laughs> and then these eight strangers start chanting, <laughs> snack man, snack man, snack. No! 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 What did you expect? I should never have done it! <laughs> oh no! Wow. So. I, I'm like, okay, well, this is really bad, but at least it's just an elevator phenomenon. <laughs> but, but, but no, I get out of the elevator, I'm walking back to the hotel suite where Sarah's birthday party is, and here's this freaking Greek chorus behind me, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Chan
0: Snackman. <laughs> and I don't know what to do. I'm like, do I knock on a, on a different door and just like hope for the best? But no, in the end, like I knock on the right door and my friends open up and there are these strangers behind me chanting snack man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's how I got that nickname. Thank you for listening to our special Supercut 199th episode. This episode is produced by Rosianna Halls Rojas, and Sheridan Gibson. It was edited by Joseph Tunamedish. Our head of community and communications this is Victoria Bongiorno. I'm Hank Green. John's not here. The music that you're hearing right now and at the beginning of the podcast is by the great Gunnarola. And as they say in our hometown, don't forget to be awesome.